I'm Jason. I'm Adam. And I'm usually Dave from the Digital Soup Podcast. A proud member of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other podcasts at GunnaGeek.com and get ready because geekiness begins in three, two, one. Welcome to Head in the Cloud. I'm your host, John Svazik. This is episode 13 for 2017. Lucky number 13. Uh, now, with lucky number 13, we're going to have a special episode today. We are going to focus on some strength and conditioning exercises for you AWS users out there. Uh, with that, we have a special guest today. We have uh, Scott Piper from Summit Route. Welcome, Scott. Oh, thank you for having me. <laughs> Good stuff. So, Scott, you've done some pretty interesting things. We got you here for a reason. But before we get into that, you want to tell uh, tell everybody about yourself, you know, sort of your, your background, where you came from, what you do, that sort of thing? Yeah, so I've been uh, in cybersecurity for the past decade, uh, started the NSA. So that's why I use the word cyber um, <laughs> as opposed to InfoSec. I'm one of those people that came out of the government. Um, and since then, I've worked in um, commercial uh, various commercial security products, including antivirus, I've uh, moved over, and so I was a developer for a lot of this, and then moved over to a security team, worked on Yelp security team, most recently was head of security for a company um, out in Denver, and then uh, in the past uh, month, I've decided to start up my own um, consulting business for AWS security specifically. Oh, awesome. Yeah, uh, I have absolutely no background in government uh, work, so I still call it InfoSec, but <laughs> we're not going to hold cyber against you. I actually called it cyber before cyber was cool, so I guess I'm a hipster <laughs> for uh, hipster for security for that. Uh, good stuff. Well, thanks for coming on. So you've got yourself this cool little application that's up on the web that I happened to stumble across probably, uh, shoot, six months ago, give or take. And mm -hmm. this is actually, I, I stumbled across it before I started the podcast. And then as soon as I started the podcast, I'm like, I really had to get that guy on because I think this is really, really cool. So for those who don't know what the hell I'm talking about, um, you created a, a website called flaws. Yep. Uh, and yes, it's <laughs> I love I love that name. Uh, and can you tell us a bit about flaws? Yeah, so flaws um, are released in basically the end of February. And uh, what it is, is it's kind of a CTF slash challenge slash like educational um, project. And, and what it is, is it's a uh, it's, I created basically an AWS account and in it, I made a series of mistakes on purpose to it um, in order to kind of show off a couple of security misconfigurations that can happen. Um, and 
and ones that have happened. So I did a lot of research on, you know, how have people misconfigured AWS environments in the past. And so I put those all into that account and laid it out so it's a series of levels. So basically you you find one of the flaws and then you move on to the next flaw. And, and along the way, it gives you a series of hints. And, and what this all allows you to do is you can either play the game, so you could actually, you know, sit there on a command line trying to find all of these issues. And, you know, if you get stuck, you can go to one of the hints and it'll tell you, you know, how to move on to, you know, or, or gives you a hint that hopefully progresses you a little bit and you know it, it'll be a couple of hints before it just tells you how to get to the next level and so if if you have the time and want to actually you know get hands-on keyboard playing it you can do it that way but if you you know are short on time or you just want to learn what these issues are then you can just click through all the hints and it'll take you from level to level all the way to the end awesome yeah. So what what was sort of your, your driving force for flaws? Was it just sort of an idea that you had or, or were you drawing on personal experience where you were working with people who were using AWS and maybe mm -hmm. uh, kind of misconfiguring it, um, sort of like a GOP yeah, analytics a, firm or something? Or? It was a combination of a lot of things. I, I mean, I, I was working as head of security. And so, you know, I'm working with other guys that are also using AWS and I want to make sure that they don't make any of these mistakes and so that was part of it was to just train my own team um, and then you know a lot of another aspect of it was you know to give myself that focus to like research all of the different issues that have happened in AWS environments so I researched all of the you know, bug bounties that had been um, announced on HackerOne and, you know, looked at uh, different uh, presentations that pen testers had given um, and really went through those and tried to identify different issues that, that I could try and highlight in here. Um, so those were those were some of the aspects of it, you know, and I figured, well, as long as I'm releasing this for my team to play, I might as well, you know, release it for the world at large and, and you know, give that greater benefit and allow other people to hopefully learn um, these issues. And then kind of a, a secret reason for making this was I was also collecting tons of logs on everything. So, you know, I have CloudTrail turned on. I have all the other logs turned on. And so the reason for that is as part of the game, I'm allowing people to stumble across AWS keys. You know, they, they actually get a live AWS key for my environment. It's very restricted, so they can't, you know, do anything. Um, but I wanted to see what are the like you know commands that someone tries to do once they get one of those AWS keys, and what does it look like when it's actually a human being behind it? Because you know if you if you you know leak accidentally or on purpose an AWS key onto GitHub, it's you're going to end up getting bots that'll basically try and use that to spin up EC2 instances to try and then, you know, mine Bitcoin on there. And so I wanted to see, okay, well, that's that's what it looks like when, you know, a bot gets a hold of a key. But what does it look like when a human gets a hold of a key? And so that was also an aspect of it, you know, was being able to improve the detection and monitoring for my, our own environment at the company that I worked at. Oh, very cool. So it's kind of like half uh, CTF and half honeypot. Yeah, exactly. And 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 I really hope um, you know, in the future here I'll I'll put out some type of blog post or something 
to, to explain, you know, some of the possible detections that, that you can do, um, you know, and I, I can touch on some of those, uh, you know, some of them is going to be, you know, basically just looking for access denied, um, which is good, not only to, to try and detect bad guys, but also try and detect, you know, when your own DevOps guys are about to get frustrated with you because you restricted them too much and they're trying to do something that they actually want to do. Um, so, so it's helpful from that angle, but then also um, a lot of like reconnaissance also gets involved. So there, there's a lot of IAM commands that, you know, probably people in your own environment aren't running, you know, very often, but, uh, you know, a bad guy, it, it's, you know, some of these IAM commands are the equivalent of a who am I, you know, so it's just trying to figure out like what what capabilities do I have in this AWS environment with these AWS keys. And so those are also some of the things you'll want to look for. But uh, I hope to try and, you know, lay that out more clearly and identify what the specific, um, you know, commands are that people will run. Yeah, that would be that would actually be really, really interesting for sure. Uh, if you do get around to doing that blog post and you want to talk about it, I'd love to have you back to go into the into that detail. Uh, yeah. I think that would definitely be definitely be be quite useful. So uh, you said that flaws has multiple levels. And you know, I've, I've played around with flaws myself. And after about level three, I'm like, Okay, yeah, I, <laughs> this is this, this is fun. And I don't want to cheat and just keep hitting the hint button. Not yeah. that I hit the hint button, you know, a couple of times before I got to level three. But anyway, uh, how many levels is flaws? How like how how deep does that rabbit hole go? Yeah, so there, there's six levels to it, and I tried to make it as much as possible um, kind of increasingly more difficult. Uh, so, you know, the first level is more or less like, can you use the CLI? Uh, and then it kind of gets, you know, a little bit more difficult, a little bit more difficult. And I expect a lot of people by the last two levels are just going to look through the hints, you know, it's it's going to be pretty time consuming otherwise for someone to try and understand what they could possibly do there. Um, but yeah, so it's it's six levels to it. Oh, that's cool. So flaws is, is specific to to AWS. Um, do you have any plans for anything similar for like Google's cloud or Azure or anything like that? Um, not, uh, not currently. I've been right now, I've been focusing really strongly on AWS, you know, like I said, with, with Summit Route, I'm building up, you know, trying to do a consulting business specifically for AWS. Uh, but I imagine, you know, I mean, a lot of people have hybrid cloud um, infrastructures. And so I'm going to have to, you know, learn those other environments uh, thoroughly as well. Uh, but for right now, it, it's just AWS. And, and I hope to, you know, kind of do some other similar things with it. Um, it. One of the restrictions I had when making flaws was, you know, I, I didn't want to give someone an AWS key that they could spin up an EC2 instance. You know, that that becomes very difficult to try and restrict in such a way that, uh, you know, the person can do something. Uh, but at the same time, I won't end up with a massive bill from it. Um, so that was, that was you know, <laughs> like a, a concern of trying to figure out, like, how do I how do I not make this very expensive for myself. And, uh, you know, I, I've considered maybe, you know, making another version that's, you know, actually paid or something like that. So I don't end up, you know, so I can deal with the fact that I might end up with an, you know, a bill from it. Because right now I'm on the free tier. And honestly, the most expensive part of flaws so far was the domain name because I wanted the dot cloud domain name just because I thought it was ridiculous. Um, so uh, <laughs> that was that was $23. And other than that, my biggest bill has been a dollar and 37 cents. And that was because 
because um, one guy decided to basically try and scan um, my website and with some type of automated scanner that was just looking for every type of, you know, um, page name possible. And so he hit me with like 2.4 million requests. Um, and so I ended up with, uh, with a, you know, an, I had to pay a dollar basically uh, in order to deal with that. Uh, but otherwise, it's been super cheap to run. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, so <laughs> the EC2 thing is is definitely something. Uh, I wasn't sure if that was in the later levels or not, uh, but if not, that makes uh, a ton of sense because uh, yeah, I could definitely see that quickly running that that bill up. So that kind of mm. leads into into sort of a, another question. Um, so if you're thinking of going to like a, potentially expanding this to like a paid version or something, or mm -hmm. maybe even uh, I could see this being really successful as an AMI that someone could could grab and and you mm -hmm. know provide some sort of instruction and say, okay, look, maybe you've got a maybe you've got a CISO somewhere who wants to. Uh, do some some security awareness training, but specifically for his blue teamers, and he'll set up or she. We're not mm -hmm. uh, we're not picky here uh, to to set up a uh, an image and basically sick their team on it, and and they would have to monitor obviously. But I think that would be really cool. Uh, that's a really really neat idea. So with that, I mean, obviously with with AWS, it's more than just S three. Uh, they've got a ton, a ton of other stuff uh, that can potentially go awry. Uh, do you have any plans on adding any additional features, maybe uh, expanding it to some of the other AWS product offerings? Yeah, so so flaws itself does go beyond S3. As you get to the other levels, there's you know uh, a public uh, snapshot that that you have to try and find and, and dig through, and um, and there's some other things. I don't want to give away too much in the levels, but uh, but it does touch on some of the other things. Um, but but yeah, like like you said, with you know the the training possibility. Actually, when I released it, uh, I end up getting like a lot of cool feedback from people, and one person reached out to me asking you know if I could create maybe. Maybe a cloud formation script that would um, create basically the flaws set up in their own environment. Um, for whatever reason, you know they they wanted to be able to tweak it to some of the things that were related to what they do. So so that's a possibility there. But uh, but really the thing that I'm um, really interested in doing is trying to create a similar thing that's focused on um, DFIR. So basically, right. how would you use CloudTrail and the other tools to try and detect when someone's attacked your environment? Um, so, you know, flaws is flaws basically helps people, um, one, be able to show them, like, here are the mistakes you don't don't want to make for for various blue teams, uh, but then it also shows you know red teams or pen testers. Here's you know basically the the things to look for. Uh, so the next step for me is to create something that says what happens when those pen testers or the actual adversaries do start doing bad things. You know how can you try and detect that using the various logging um, and, and you know do basically a forensics challenge based on that. So that that's my next interest area is to focus on that. Yeah, that would be really really cool. I'm not gonna lie about that. I'm actually presently looking for defer experts. So anyone yep. who's done defer, you know, come drop me a line. I'm I'm looking for someone to interview specifically for incident response, especially in the cloud, because it is very different uh, and then compared to a traditional data center or even a even a hybrid cloud. Um, things are a little bit different. You can't necessarily pull the drive and put it in a plastic bag to uh, to do your imaging and analysis later. So. 
Cool. That's really awesome. Uh, what do I got next? I'm just looking at my notes here like an idiot. Uh, right. So flaws is really good at kind of getting our getting the the user to show what could potentially go wrong. Now there are tools that are out on the market right now. Uh, and AWS has Trusted Advisor, for example. Uh, there's Scout Two, which we've covered on a podcast in the past, that kind of do that static analysis to look for potentially misconfigurations. How much overlap do you do you see with those tools with what Flaws is doing? Are they basically two sides of the same coin? It's just that you know one is doing the analysis and you uh, and with flaws you're showing this is what's going to happen if you don't listen to these tools Exactly. Yeah. So, so flaws is really kind of a training tool, um, and then those other things, those are those are really helping to assess, you know, the security of your environment. Um, so, actually, I I have a um, blog post on summitroute.com that's uh, titled "Free Tools for Auditing um, the Security of an AWS Account." And so, within that, I, I touch on um, Scout Two and Trusted Advisor and Security Monkey, Prowler, Cloud Custodian, AWS Config. So, I tr- tried to go through what, what a lot of the tools are that are out there right now that, that would allow you. And so the free tools that are out there, um, you know, I, I figured it'd be too difficult to try and touch on some of the, the paid services and stuff that additionally exists there. Uh, but yeah, so in, in all honesty, like you're going to want to use all those tools. Like, you know, they, they each cover a little bit different area. Um, and so, you know, that, and that's one of the other things I, I've been hoping to do and haven't got around to is to try and take one of those tools and just give it all the checks that all of the other different tools are doing. Um, you know, Trusted Advisor, it's great. It's built into AWS. Um, one of the frustrations with it is in order to get the full benefit of Trusted Advisor, you actually have to get a support account. So you have to pay, you know, a, a monthly fee. I think it's $100 a month in order to be able to get all the range of security checks that it provides. And so one of the paid checks is, do you have an S3 bucket that's open to the world? And so that's kind of frustrating that AWS just doesn't provide that for free because, you know, there's, there's four checks that it'll do for free for you. And, you know, honestly, I feel like that and some of the others are things that it really should be providing for free. Um, but yeah, and then then a tool like Scout 2, it's it, it's great, but it, it's kind of more made for a pen tester that's going to be coming in, you know, once a quarter, once a year to try and just do a checkup on yourself. Um, and so if you're a blue team, you would really prefer to have something that's continuously scanning your environment and checking for those issues. And so that's really where something like uh, Netflix's Security Monkey, that's what it was built for, was for the security team at Netflix to just continuously be checking their own environment for things. Um, and then you have things like AWS Config, which it takes a little bit more to set up up and, and get going, but it feels like AWS is really focused on on having AWS config be kind of the future for how these types of checks should be done. Right. Yeah. Netflix has really, really kind of driven the adoption. I, I feel I feel that, you know, AWS obviously is, is the cloud leader, but I think Netflix has kind of helped quite a bit with that just simply because of, of their tools, be it Security Monkey or Chaos Monkey or for the adventurous Chaos Gorilla, which will you know take out regions at a time as opposed to just a couple of machines within an individual region or data center. So it's very good. All right, so we talked about who would uh, benefit from flaws, which is basically anybody. Uh, <laughs> so, and we did touch on flaws being more than just for red teamers, right? Because it's obviously a lot of blue team activities 
and, and stuff there for really training training the blue team. Do you feel like flaws is kind of? I love the term purple team. I feel that it's mm-hmm. it's underused. <laughs> Would you? <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it, it's really. You know, I, I tried to hit a bunch of different areas. For it, I think um, a lot of bug bounty um, hunters and uh, or bug bounty researchers and pen testers, uh, they've they've probably been the ones that have like communicated to me the most about it um you know and, and a lot of those have been you know some difficulties that, that that they've run into because a lot of those guys don't have any experience with aws and so this was really kind of their first you know time using the aws cli and and seeing some of those other aspects of it um so it was you know a good training for them to see those parts of things and then the people that actually work on blue team and, you know, AWS is their bread and butter that they're touching every day. They haven't, you know, really given me um, those questions, but but they've given me more feedback, you know, of like, awesome, this actually helped me find some things in my environment. You know, I made these mistakes. Thank you for showing it to me. So it, it has been really helpful to people. And that's been, you know, great feedback for me because, you know, all I see is IP addresses and logs, you know, so I don't, I don't know how beneficial it is to people ever. Um, so it's not until you get that feedback. Right. That's awesome. So, you know, you talk about, obviously, as part of part of flaws, you, you're also you've set up CloudWatch and you've got your own logging that you've got. Is there any sort of advice you would give to blue teamers that are are playing around with flaws right now to get a sense for, oh, shoot, OK, uh, so that's bad if I don't properly secure my key or if I don't have the appropriate IAM policies in place? Um, you know, next thing you know, all my sensitive data is out in the world and I'm in the newspapers. Uh, what sort of, for a blue teamer, you know, we often live and die by our logs. And mm. um, what, what sort of advice, like, is there is there sort of like, here's the top three things I would do, mm. a, like today, to make sure, you know, maybe not three, maybe one or two, you know, uh, yeah. to, to share with, with the audience for what they might want to do now just to sort of lay the groundwork yeah so i mean uh, the biggest thing is turn on cloud trail um and, and log that ideally you want to have a separate account that it's logging into just in case worst case scenario something bad happens in your main account you have another account that hopefully is outside of that blast radius where you still have some logs of of things that have happened in there um additionally um cloudwatch is really getting um a lot of focus it seems from um from aws so cloudwatch events specifically. And so just, I want to say a week ago, they, they enabled the ability to do cross, cross accounts um, for a CloudWatch events. You can send those events streaming into another account. And the benefit of the CloudWatch events is it provides a lot of the similar information as CloudTrail, but CloudTrail has a 15-minute delay on all of its logs. And CloudWatch events is instantaneous. Um, and so so that gives you, you know, that faster um, ability to, to react to situations. Uh, one of the negatives of CloudWatch events though is that it's it doesn't tell you about access denieds and other failures and things like that it's only telling you about things once they happen so a new EC2 was created not a new EC2 was attempted to be created um, so those those two things right now both CloudTrail and CloudWatch events you need both of those turned on right now um, or at least minimally CloudTrail um, and then like I said before you know access denieds I think are huge in order to be able to detect those um, some of the other things I thought was interesting and in, in looking through the logs too was um, so 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 
Oz was actually way more popular than I expected it to be. So in the first month, you know, I was expecting like, oh, maybe a hundred people, you know, will check it out. Some of my friends and, you know, some, some other people. Um, in the first month, basically uh, 18,000 unique IP addresses. Hit it. And, uh, and, and since February, there have been 30,000 unique IP addresses that have hit it. Uh, but of those people, only about um, just over a thousand people have actually uh, ran some type of CloudTrail command against it. So so seeing in CloudTrail um, logs, there, there's only been about a thousand unique IP addresses. But what's interesting is there's been about a thousand unique user agents also so in there. And so that I found was kind of odd is that almost everybody that's using the AWS command line is using a different um, version of the, uh, you know, different tools that are out there, whether, you know, some people are, you know, basically using PowerShell, some people, you know, were using Python code, some people were using um, different tools out there. And so that I thought was kind of interesting. And so those are some things that you can look for is, you know, user agents or, or really anything new, you know, chances are you, you might work in one region, you might use one set of the different, um, AWS, uh, services that are out there. So maybe it's, you know, just EC2 and S3, buckets. But then, you know, what happens if suddenly Redshift spins up or something like that? Um, you know, and, and a lot of these things are good, not just for detecting attackers, but it's also good just for, you know, making sure that people are in compliance with your own rules at your organization, you know, maybe for PCI or some other reasons, you only want people to use it, use certain services that AWS AWS offers that are in compliance with those different regulations. So you don't want people to use some of those other tools out there. Um, so those are those are all some of the different um, things that I would I would look for. It's just you know weird stuff that happens. Um, another thing is uh, if, if people are using the STS service, um, and so this will happen if you're using um, roles in in uh, AWS for your EC2 instances, as opposed to you know putting AWS keys on there, which is you should not do. You should not put AWS keys. You should limit those as much as possible. Um, but you can when you go to get that session token, you can specify the duration of that session token. And so the max amount of time is going to be um, it's a hundred thousand uh, seconds basically. And so if someone puts in to try and get a session token for that much time, um, that could potentially be weird for your environment. And so a lot of things are kind of dependent on your own environment, though, to see like what's weird and what uh, you know is, is actually malicious. Right. No, that's great. That's actually really, really good advice for sure. I'm surprised you got to, well, I'm not surprised that it was as popular as it was. I think uh, Flaws is, is really quite unique in terms of of what it offers, especially in, in a cloud space. You know, we have for, for other CTF uh, websites and whatnot, we've, we've had them for years. I mean, we've had, you know, damn vulnerable web app, uh, and web mm -hmm. and whatnot, but those are, are more traditional like web applications. Uh, there's hack the, was it uh, hack this box, uh, just came out a couple of months ago. Uh, but again, those are, those are the, and the, the metasploitable, like these are the old school mm -hmm. traditional, I want to break into the individual machine. But when it comes to cloud, I think it's, it's been a kind of something that's been lacking. I think flaws is, is filling a, a great void in that. Now, thank you. Yeah, yeah, no, no, thank you, man. You, you're, you're the one who's come up with this, uh, this offering for us. I mean, you know, the security industry as a whole, obviously, we only get better uh, by supporting one another. And one of the best ways we can support one another is by coming up with uh, new techniques and sharing of information and whatnot. And I think flaws really, really does hit hit home uh, for that. 
Now, we've we've I think we've beaten flaws to the point that I don't want you to provide any more spoilers for it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but you, you you mentioned earlier you're not just doing uh you're not just working on flaws. You've got uh you've got your your new consultancy now and you've got yeah. something else. You've got something called Downclimb as well, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, so Downclimb has a, has a pretty long history to it. Um, I started writing it a few years ago, but actually I started doing it even before then. So I was, uh, I was a contractor to the government and, uh, basically our, our own company and, you know, our, um, you know, who we were contracted to at a time, you know, was kind of frustrated. Like there's a lot of infosec information and news that is just like constantly just flooding you. A lot of it's marketing material, you know, it takes, takes a lot of time to try and filter through it. You know, you have to try and scan through Twitter and different RSS feeds and everything like that. And so, so they were really frustrated, you know, it just trying to, trying to find out like, okay, of everything that happened, just tell me what's important. And specifically, like, what are things that are actionable, things that I can do to try and, you know, fix up my own environment or that I should know about or tools that I can use, things like that. Um, and so, so I started writing something um, back then when I was that government contractor. And then uh, once I, once I ended up um, moving on from that, I just, I just kept doing it, you know, like it was, it was a thing that I'd been doing for so long that it was just a habit. And it was something I, I personally wanted to exist out there. You know, I, I wanted someone to summarize the information and, you know, I, I hope that ideally it was someone, um, that, that had experience, you know, that, that worked on a security team or had, you know, some of that, some of that background in the infosec industry, as opposed to, you know, someone that, uh, that, you know, only, you know, just came from a, some type of uh, journalist school or something like that and, and hadn't really been following what's been happening in InfoSec for a while. So so it was something that I wanted to exist. So what Downclimb is, is it's, it's a summary of the news and InfoSec that's happened for the past week. And I try and make it, you know, I, I try and write it in the way that I would want to read it as being on a security team. So, so if you work on, you know, some type of enterprise security team where you're trying to defend your networks, this is really, you know, a, a summary, a news summary that's focused on that audience. Um, so yeah, so it comes out every week. I have a mailing list or, you know, if you don't want to give me your mail, you know, your email address, there's an RSS feed for it. Or I post, you know, on Twitter as well, uh, just a link to it as well for people. Oh, awesome. Yeah, definitely worth worth checking out. I did uh I did take a look at it. I've got it in my RSS feed as well. Uh added it to my my feedly uh feed. So, uh yeah, that's that's awesome. You know, definitely we're an interesting industry in that we can often get overwhelmed by the sheer amount of noise, be that from anything from here's the 50,000 variants of malware that are currently uh, spreading throughout the world. Um, pick one, you know, which, which one may affect you, which one may not, you know, and, and for those who aren't necessarily paying attention to all of those, you, you, you it is incredibly overwhelming um, and because not all of them get to have their own customized website with a, you know, fancy logo that was designed a la Heartbleed. Um, so having something that, that cuts through that noise uh, a bit uh, is definitely another, you know, another great uh, asset to add to the old arsenal. Cool. So... I'm going to switch gears with you for a little bit because yeah. we're going to, we're going to go with some generic cloud security topics because that's mm -hmm. what, that's what we're all about. Um, so 
in the past uh, on the podcast, I've spoken about, you know, red teams, blue teams and purple teams. And I know that some companies that, you know, when they first move to the cloud, they feel like, you know, you know what? Security is in the cloud, man. You know, the cloud provider, Amazon, Google, Microsoft, they're going to take care of all that for me. I don't need to worry about firewalls set up in my environment because there's firewalls and their data centers. I don't need IDSs. I don't need any of this stuff. Uh, you know what? I don't even think I need a security team. You know, what the hell? Everything's everything's in the cloud. You know, I'm I'm good. You know, I don't necessarily need to invest heavily within my own organization. So I'm saying this incredibly sarcastically because obviously that's not necessarily true. But, you know, uh, what are you what are you what's your take on this? Do you do you see a similar uh, attitude with with people or is this or do you see most people understanding like, no, no, no security doesn't stop at the cloud? Yeah, I mean, so so a few years ago, I mean, everybody was scared of the cloud, and and there are still people that are, and you know, there there are reasons to you know host things not on the cloud, you know, depending on on what you might be doing. Um, but you know, I I came, you know, as an example, I came from you know classified environments, and so there, and and actually some of them are starting to move towards the cloud as well. Um, but but yeah, there's. AWS has a shared responsibility model, as do the other cloud providers, where there are some things that they'll take care of. For example, you know, you don't need to hire 24-7, you know, guards in order to watch over your servers because AWS is doing that for you, you know. So they, they, they're taking care of some things, but there's still a lot of things that, you know, you need to continue a lot of the best practices that exist out there. Keep up with patches. And, you know, AWS is starting to provide more and more things. You don't have to worry about patches. Um, and so a lot of their services, you know, specifically, you don't have to worry about if, if you're using RDS. Um, so, you know, MySQL, Postgres and the other database servers, uh, if you're using those, you don't have to patch those because AWS is patching them for you. And in fact, you don't have the ability to patch those anyways, even if you wanted to. Um, so, so, yeah, so, I mean, it's... I, my personal opinion is that, you know, AWS is providing a lot of that benefit. They're taking care of a lot of, you know, those those base security concerns and, you know, pushing those out of your, you know, uh, jurisdiction of things you need to worry about. And so and that allows you to kind of focus on a higher level and focus, you know, more on some other security issues that you might not have been paying attention to previously. Um, and so that helps, you know, raise the bar of, of what you can accomplish in a secure way. Right. Cool. So if if you ran into into a customer, for example, that said, all right, Scott, we've been brick and mortar for, you know, 30 years and uh, we want to move to this this cloud thing. You know, yeah. what advice would you give them? Like what's what sort of things specifically around security would you would you tell them to to focus on? Yeah. So, I mean, one of one of the big things about moving to the cloud is, is suddenly things can become public that you didn't want to or didn't expect to in a different way than what people had in their data centers. So in their data centers, you know, you might know there's, you know, here's your, here's your, you know, one internet path out of your data center. And so you can kind of track what's connected to that and what's connected from there. Whereas once you're up in AWS, you you can end up, you know, having the ability to have things publicly exposed to anybody on the internet. And so that's really kind of your greatest focus area is making sure you identify and, and furthermore that you put in place as, as kind of as many restrictions, you know, um, 
you know, I, I like to have, you know, not only knackles over my EPCs and, and uh, but then also security groups. And then, you know, also you might want to have just on the on the servers themselves, on the EC2 instances themselves might want to have, you know, additional, um, you know, IP tables or something like that, just so that, you know, if someone makes a mistake and opens something up, then you still have some of these barriers there. Um, and, and one of the important things I think is, you know, to have not only, you know, multiple barriers, have that, you know, defense in depth, as they say, but one of the things people forget is they'll put up multiple barriers, but you have to make sure that you always have those two barriers. And so you need to have detections in place for when one of those barriers goes away. And so that's one of the things you want to look for in your logs is also, you know, when someone makes a change to a security group or, or something else that is one of your barriers that you have in place, just so you can identify, okay, one barrier was, was removed. So you want to make sure that you fix that or replace that before the next barrier gets removed that actually opens you up to the internet. Um, so I think that that's uh, what's important there. Uh, but in general, I mean, it, it can be secured and a lot more secure than it is in your own environment. Um, and, and there's, you know, a lot of reasons for that, uh, you know, both in AWS protecting things, but then also, you know, having that full, full log of everything that happens. If you're in an AWS environment, someone is never going to be able to, you know, plug in, you know, their laptop or, or some other random device or something like that into your data center without you knowing, because you have logs of these things. You have logs of any new EC2 instance that gets spun up. Um, so, so it makes it a lot easier to detect some of those things. Perfect. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. And I think, you know, like, like we said, the cloud was something that people feared for a long time, but I think now people are starting to really see the benefit of it, uh, especially just the quick turnaround time with it. So advice like that in terms of making sure that that transition into the cloud isn't a painful one is, is uh, sage advice for sure. Yeah, no, and a lot of the concepts, you know, they still apply, like least privileges and segmentation and things like that. They they apply and you know to the cloud as well, but you just need to implement them in different ways, you know. So as, as opposed to having, you know, um, you know, just different, uh, you know, file permissions. Now you have bucket permissions and, you know, you, you could have different AWS accounts in order to, you know, ensure different types of segmentation of things. Um, so, so it's just kind of learning uh, the new, the new ways that the old concepts are being implemented. Right. Great. Is there any other uh, topics you wanted to touch on while we're, while we're on the, on the episode? Uh, I'm good. Yeah, I mean, I could go on forever, but uh, but yeah, this this yeah, is great. Yeah, these were that was kind of the the high level stuff that I wanted to to touch on. I mean, flaws I personally think is phenomenal, and it's definitely something I wanted to share with the world. But it sounds like you know the the six people that listen to me on the podcast uh, likely have already stumbled across uh, flaws, given you've gotten thirty thousand uh, unique IPs already, <laughs> uh, which is great news. I mean, that's that's awesome. That is uh, that's really really good uh great so scott thank you so much for coming on the podcast thank you for having me oh no worries uh you're definitely welcome back anytime if you you got something new that's uh, in the works or you're like you know what i forgot to say this other thing last time i want to talk about this or or whatever else by all means you know let me know i'd love to have you back yeah appreciate it perfect uh thanks for that so Obviously, if somebody wanted to reach out to you, talk more about flaws, maybe they got a couple of ideas, maybe they've, uh, they want to find out more about maybe even getting you on for a consulting gig, how would people mm -hmm. get a hold of you? 
Yeah, so summitroute.com, that'll that'll get you to all the different places I exist. So on Twitter, um, it's at summitroute. Uh, uh, my email address is scott at summitroute.com. Um, so, uh, but yeah, just just go to summitroute.com and that'll that'll be able to take you to where you can access me. Perfect. And I'll make sure we have uh, links for that as well as the blog article you talked about earlier. Yeah. Uh, we'll have that in the show notes. So if people are interested, go take a look at the show notes for that. Uh, as for myself, for the podcast, you'll be able to find uh, the podcast on my head in the dot cloud because I have to have a dot cloud domain as well <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because that, that works out well. Uh, the podcast itself is also on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Uh, I'm staying off SoundCloud for now because they just recently laid off 40% of their staff. So we don't know what's going on there. So I'm not really going to invest in anything that might disappear in a little bit. So nobody has asked anyway. So that's fine. Uh, Head in the Cloud is also part of the Gunna Geek Network. So definitely stop by there if you guys want some geeky goodness with some other podcasts, be that uh, comics, Star Wars, movies, or just how to do a better podcast. Uh, which is something I should be listening to myself, but eh, whatever. I'm a I'm a old dog that refuses to learn new tricks. Uh, on Twitter, you guys can reach me at John's Not Here. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn and Peerlist as well. So just look for my name there. Uh, something new: we have a Slack channel for the podcast as well. We've had one person come by, so I know there's at least one of you listening. Uh, Sunil, thank you for stopping by. Uh, so yeah, for those who are interested, if you just want to say hello, if you're like, you suck or whatever, you know, whatever, drop on by. Um, I really don't care. Uh, as, as I often say to those, uh, who joke around with me at work, I've been called worse by better. So, uh, yeah, if you guys want to stop by on the Slack channel, just to, uh, talk about maybe you've got ideas for another show or something like that, by all means, come by, let me know, and I'll be happy to say hello to you there. Uh, and then with that, thank you again, Scott. Uh, this was really great for sure. Yeah, thank you. And as for everyone else, thanks for listening. Stay safe and have a great week. <laughs> <laughs>